Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Davey. And we are continuing our Widowhood series. I'm so, I mean, I just love the series. I love this series. I love it so much. Yep. Um, mostly because we just have these incredible guests that, yes. I mean, over the years, we've been able to get connected with so many widows and widowers. And, um, and, and now we've just, uh, we've, there's almost like a community of folks out there, like a tribe That's that so we're cool. connected to. And so, as we were kind of curating for this series, we were thinking, you know, what could we, like, who are the people that we could bring on to the series? And right. uh, we were suggested by a, a one of my best friends now, Daniel Brooker. Um, I feel like Daniel Brooker is one of my best friends now because I mean, we've he, heard him. Uh, yeah. he, like, he, I feel like he's just sort of like in the air at Nothing right. Is Wasted. He gets so, brought yes. up all the time, all the time. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, and he's a very, very good friend. Very good friend. Listen, I, I mean, I, didn't, mm. I haven't shared this anywhere else, but... The you know several weeks ago when the trial was ruled a mistrial, uh, yeah. Daniel essentially surprised me by coming up to be with me in the courtroom um, for those days that I was testifying. He was like, "I don't want you to be there by yourself." And man, when I got that text message, I just about lost it. I mean, just weepy. Like I mean, crazy. hearing that makes me want to cry. That those, is a good friend right there. Those are That's good friends friend. who show up for yeah. you in those moments. And Daniel's mm-hmm. also a great friend in that he knows really great people. And one of those is this guest that we have today, Brandon Janice. And uh, Brandon's incredible. Before we tell you a little bit more about Brandon, I want to tell you why we're doing this widowhood series. Um, we, we believe ultimately that there's so many rich, rich truths that can be extracted from our experience when we go through grief and loss. So whether or not right. you've lost somebody in your life or somebody close, you know, as close as a spouse, we know that you can learn so much from this just in your relationship with Jesus and your walk with him. And most importantly, what I want to highlight right now is the way that you minister to and help other people will be grown right. by listening to the series and the insights that these guests are are bringing forward. I mean, it's incredible. We have a friend who is a a, a PA uh, in the ER, and he lis- listened to every single episode of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. So you know exactly. Faithful listener. You know what? He would not mind if I mentioned his name, Previn Thomas. Previn, give, me, give me a shout out we to love Previn. You. Let me tell you something about Previn. <laughs> Previn told me that. He was seeing all these people in the ER and these really traumatic experiences. And of course, mm. he's having to break some really tough news sometimes to people. Right. And he right. said, he was like, Davey, I can't tell you how much and how helpful listening to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast has been in my life. He's like, I've not gone wow. through anything difficult, but here I am intercepting people in some of the most difficult moments of their life. He said, I literally just regurgitate everything you guys say on the podcast and everything your guests are saying. <laughs> And people are looking at me in That's the awesome. ER like I'm some kind of, like I've been to school for this stuff. I'm some kind of counselor and I know exactly mm-hmm. how to help people in these situations. And he said, That's how helpful mm-hmm. the Nothing Is Wasted podcast has been in terms of ministering to other people in these moments. So, oh, I love that. That is so, that is so cool. You're going to, you're going to get some great um, insight as you tune in to this conversation and more. So I would make sure you lean in. 
Hey, before we dive into your interview with Brandon, I would love to read a very quick review. This is a really meaningful one. Um, This is from a pastor who says this, this podcast has definitely been so encouraging in many ways as a mother, a wife, a pastor, and having to do daily counseling sections in our community of faith. Sometimes we think we've seen and heard it all. But honestly, every story is more and more profound every time I listen to your podcast. Definitely, it blesses my heart. Mm. Every story starts with pain and is so powerful, it blesses my heart to hear how our Redeemer always shows up in the middle of every storm and every pain. He always shows up. Pastor Davey, I love your heart and all that you do with every episode bringing hope after your own pain. And she goes on to say more just about how much Nothing Is Wasted has meant to her, but that is absolutely powerful. I love that God is doing that. That's awesome. That ministered to me. Oh, we love reading reviews like that. And so if this podcast means something to you, or maybe God has used it in your life somehow, we'd love to invite you to go rate and review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Davey's interview with Brandon Janice. Brandon is the writer and VP of Partnerships at Faithbox and Fanbox and has a powerful story to share with us. Brandon, it is so great to have you joining me on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for being here. Man, glad to be here. Thank you for the the opportunity. Appreciate you, man. Well, you and I got connected uh, through a fellow uh, friend and fellow widower, Daniel Brooker, and uh, we kind of often say that we're we're all part of a club that we didn't want to pay the membership dues for, right? You never want right. to, and yet it's really cool the way that God connects those of us who have walked this road and gives us a community of people to do it with, to learn from, to encourage each other and stir each other up and spur each other on. And I'm looking forward to this conversation, though I don't know much about you or your story. At this point, I'm excited to learn about it. I'm excited for our listeners to learn about it and just get encouraged by, by you and your testimony. And so why don't you do this? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself right now, just present day context, and we'll dive into your story. Yeah, man. Um, that's a that's a, a fun question because uh, today I'm a, a single parent. You know, not by not by choice. Um, you know, um, not because my my late wife and I didn't love each other enough. It's it's because love wasn't enough. And um, and so I'm a single parent to three kids. Uh, Hadley's my oldest. She's ten, and she is. Um, just incredible uh, mom-like figure. She's had to grow up, grow up way too fast. She just took that role, and um, she's just a, a big helper of mine. And I always have to remind her to be a kid. Just be a kid, Hadley. Just be a kid. Yeah. You yeah. know. And then Cooper is my middle middle girl. Um, she's my beautiful mess. She's a, a disaster on a daily basis and keeps me on my toes. Is that just all middle children, and, is you know, <laughs> um, brings so much joy into my life. And anyone that gets to meet Cooper wants to wants more Cooper. Um, mm. She's just so fun. And then Macklin's my little man. Man, he was uh, he was a mama's boy and uh, has become a daddy's boy. Mm. Uh, probably not by choice, but uh, you know that's just kind of how it worked. And and we are best buddies. And um, Man, we're just um, we're just struggling through every single day, lifting each other up, um, and and trying to trying to do this thing. I work from home, so that's been a huge blessing. So mm. I've been been doing that um, for for most of my life. Um, so I'm able to pick up those kids at the bus every day at two fifty two, 
and, and be dad. Um, mm. And that's kind of wh where my work day ends. Um, I don't do any calls after that time uh, because you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know, um, especially the three. Thing, holy cow. Yeah, man. Mm. Um, and they're, they're amazing. If, you know, something pops up, they get it. But, you know, I want to be as present as I can when I can. And, you know, you have that out that those hours from three to seven thirty when I start right. putting them down. That is my time with them. And it's homework and it's it's uh, T-ball and it's soccer. Yeah. And it's all these things. And, and I got to feed them at some point. Yeah. Um, and so um, we are we are doing it, though, man. Um, Rachel prepared us for this season as well as she could have. Um, and um, so, yeah, we're just we're just doing life together and trying to create new adventures every day and uh, doing the best we can at that. Wow. You're in the Knoxville, Tennessee area, is that right? Yes, sir. Knoxville, oh, no. Tennessee, which I, I live a mile from my parents, uh, okay. a couple miles from my, my sister who also has three kids um, and their kids and my kids are best friends. And um, Rachel's parents are out in, in the Midwest, they're in Kansas City, but we see them really often. Once every couple months, they're here for a few days or a week. And so we are loved, man. We are loved, we are, we are taken care of. Uh, they say after a little while, people go back to their normal lives and forget about, you know, you. And, and I don't think we felt that at all. People have really wow. stepped up to, to care on us. That's great. That's great. That, yeah. that is the exception, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it, I've seen it in other people's lives that that's true to form that, you know, people were there for a little bit yeah. and then, and then all of that kind of subsides. But, you know, the, the beautiful thing is that when you walk, um, one, uh, when you walk through grief and hardship and pain and tragedy, um, and you're part of a church body, you know, the church uh, usually, as I've heard testimony after testimony, usually is there walking with you and continues to be there through each one of those seasons. And then especially if, if you have a really strong family around you, that is, you know, just a huge, huge blessing too on top of that. So what a wonderful thing, man. Wonderful thing that you've got that. Um, what do you do for a living? So, man, I have a few different things that I that I have going on. Um, I have a, a subscription box business, a faith-based subscription oh, cool. box business called called Faith Box. So, uh, um, we have about six to seven thousand monthly members that get a Faith Box, wow. and it's it's got a it's got a a theme each month, and the theme could be a, a happy theme or a sad theme. It could be grief. Uh, it could be um, hope. It could be friendship. And the whole box is built around that. So the book will be around that topic. The devotion will be around that topic. Mm. Uh, we do do good products from companies to give back um, each box. So I have that that box. We have a, a children's version called Hello Bible, which is for kids um, ages 3 to 10. Um, and um, that's just a, a vacation Bible school in a box, pretty much is what wow. that is. And then we've started a, another brand called Fan Box, which is a box uh, for different influencers, uh, celebrities, brands, yeah. things like that. They said, hey, we want to do a box. And we don't know how. You guys look like you know what you're doing. And hmm. um, so we partnered with, with different influencers and, and brands and do that. So I'm in the subscription box business. That's awesome. What, how long have you been doing that? Is that something you and, and Rachel did? No, so so um, we acquired Faithbox in 2017. Okay. So, um, and when I say we, it was not me and Rachel. It was myself and some business partners. Okay. Uh, and then we built up the other brands um, right. that you know since then. So, I've had it a few years now. Wow, that's a, what a what an awesome, uh, just a cool thing, a, a great service to provide yeah. for people. I'm over here thinking we we actually were talking about we have been for years talking about doing some kind of a subscription box out of nothing is wasted as well. And we've just kind of been at a standstill. So you and I are going to have some conversations off air about <laughs> what all that looks like. Cause that's a, yeah. that's incredible what you're, what you're doing, man. I, I admire that. It's awesome. Why don't you, um, 
why don't you go back and just kind of start telling us a little bit about Rachel and, and, and what, and what happened? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that people have continued to love on us and it's not because of the person I am. It's definitely because of the person Rachel was and the promises that were made to her. Um, mm. And, you know, her, her, her two big concerns um, in her final months were, were that we'd be okay, that me and the kids would be okay, and that um, people would, would turn from, from Jesus because she wasn't healed. Mm. And um, so I think people made promises that they were going to keep to make sure we were okay. Yeah. And, and they yeah. sure have done that. And again, so we felt loved for, for, for this entire season. So and it, it happened and um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2018. Um, mm. And April of April of 2018 was when we were diagnosed. And, um, you know, it wasn't something we had we had encountered before, but we also knew that many had. Right. Um, yeah. Breast cancer is unfortunately too common. And so it wasn't this huge fear that, OK, this won't go well. We, we just said, OK, this is this is our, our battle. We're going to go do this thing. And yeah. and we did. You know, you hate to hear the C word, but, you know, we, right. we we got the diagnosis and we we just went and did it and we battled it. And um, I say we because it, it is a it's a it's yeah. a team man. you know, yeah. Rachel wasn't doing this alone. This was a, a family affair. We shared very publicly about it. We shared publicly about it for many reasons. Uh, the, the main ones being we wanted people to pray because we yeah. believe in the power of prayer. And two, we wanted to do it for awareness. We wanted to say, man, Rachel was this perfectly healthy, you know, 36-year-old girl, um, yeah. ate, ate right, drank right, didn't smoke, didn't do these things that, um, that, that you would think would be bad, um, but it got her. And so we wanted people to understand it could, it could be you too. And so, um, so yeah, we, we, we battled it. We did everything right. We did the, the, the chemo, the radiation, the double mastectomy, the hysterectomy, all the things we needed to do to make sure mm. we were going to beat it and beat it for good. Uh, and um, about a year later, we got a clean bill of health, you know, um, that, that it was gone and that um, everything worked and that um, we shouldn't have to worry about, uh, about it anymore. So we didn't. We lived our life for about um, about eight months. Um, we had a, a celebration party in Palm Springs where some fr- friends flew out, and you know we beat cancer celebration and um, and and had a, a big party there, um, and um, had had thought we were on the other side. Uh, and then in August of 2019, Rachel started feeling a, a ton of pain in her back. Um, and I thought it was old, old people pain. Like we're getting old, babe. You know, this is, this is, this is what happens when you you start to reach your forties. Right. And she knew, she knew right away what, what it was. Um, and so the, turns out that the cancer had spread into her bones. Um, and then, um, soon after that, it had spread into her spinal fluid. Um, we, we, we did everything we could. We went to all the, the big doctors and the, the major clinics and, 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 uh, tried everything we could to, to make it stop, but it had gotten to the point where there was nothing that the doctors could do. So uh, spent Christmas Eve in the hospital, um, 2019. Um, we, were, we were going to see Santa Claus, which we do every Christmas Eve, and Rachel, Rachel collapsed. And um, that was uh, in the hospital that night was the night we knew that, um, that it would be our last Christmas. And um, that was a hard thing to, to, to take. But when the doctor said, you know what, guys, all this can wait. Let's just get y'all home. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, 
the most important thing y'all can y'all can do is be home for Christmas morning because um, you know he didn't have to say it's going to be your last Christmas, but you just knew at that point. Yeah. So we did. We went home. I got to do got to do Christmas with the kids, and um, and then um, about two weeks later, uh, she ended up back in the hospital um, and and never came out. Uh, we spent thirty nine nights in the hospital before she uh, she went to her eternal home. And, um, it was the, uh, it was the hardest, um, 39 nights, but also the, uh, the most beautiful. I had a front row seat to watch people come in and be ministered to, mm-hmm. uh, people from all over the world came to, to say bye. Um, cause Rachel had an impact, impact on so many, um, and everyone left there ministered to. It, it was wow. a, the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen. Um, If you didn't know Jesus, you did when you left that room. If you were struggling with your relationship with Jesus, you were, you were, you were closer when you left that room. Um, And it was a beautiful scene to watch people come in. Uh, There was no visiting hours. People came in when they wanted to come in. Um, And, and Rachel just ministered to them. And it was, it was, uh, the one line that she had that that will always stick with me was, you know, I know that I'm dying. I have nothing left to give but Jesus, and that's mm-hmm. enough. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, bro, like we all are, man. We're all one step closer to Him, and that's all we all have to give. And um, it shouldn't take us being on a hospital bed to realize that. And Rachel made me realize that um, with hopefully a lot, hopefully a lot of time left to give. Um, and man, she did, she gave, she gave some Jesus and she continues to give Jesus through her story. And, um, again, I told you those two worries, one that we'll be okay. Well, we are. And two, that people will turn from him and that has not happened. People have run to him because of her story and her impact. So, um, so yeah, so March, March 1st, 2020, uh, at 4.34 PM was, uh, was her last moment with us here. And, um, and you know, now she's, in our eternal home and, and she's forever healed and no more pain, no more uncertainty, no more appointments. And, um, I got to go home and be daddy, um, again, um, which was, which was a good thing. And, you know, Brandon, like, I mean, I I hear story after story after story of loss and, and every time I do, you know, as I sit here in front of you, it just, it, it hits me. It, It guts me. Um, one, because I, put myself back in that same situation, you know, different mm. stories, different situations, but still similar emotions and feelings, uh, I'm sure. Talk to me about what you're, what you're feeling. I mean, I know you had almost 40 days to kind of watch yeah. this beautiful yet extremely horrifically difficult, you know, time in the hospital, but, you know, once, once she breathes her last and she's with Jesus in heaven, there, there had to have been this just complexity of emotions that you were feeling. Can yeah. you try to try to talk about that, untangle that for me a little bit? Yeah, man, that's, that's so good. Um, and again, as you said, our situations are so different and, um, they all are. And, and, and mm-hmm. though we, we both understand hurt and pain and loss, um, nobody's story is the same. Um, and you know, for us to have 
you know, it was more than the 40 days for us to have almost two years of this preparation for what if, um, for Rachel to be able to put some things in place that, that you don't think about, um, uh, things from making sure that the dentist appointments were set up and making sure that, uh, the girl's haircuts were, were, were in place, like little things like that, that I didn't do, um, that she made sure I wouldn't miss. It was like a little touch from Rachel. Oh, there's right. a little touch from Rachel. Um, but I'll wow. tell you one thing that, that happened from that my pastor said um, as he showed up pretty often to the, the hospital room, probably about three days before she passed, we knew that it was, it was almost to that point. Mm-hmm. And he pulled me aside. I'll never forget it. And he said, hey, buddy, it's okay to be relieved when she's gone. Mm-hmm. And to hear a pastor say that, you're like, whoa. <clears throat> that's 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 a lot but he saw he saw the fact that i'd been there for 39 nights he yeah. saw the fact that i wasn't able to be with my kids i wasn't able to be dad um and that she was in so much pain even though she was so on so much meds she wasn't but th- th- there was no reversing this other than a miracle yeah. and he gave me he gave me um permission to be like it's okay okay you can go you can go you know, um, and um, for her to to then do that, and then again for me to to come home and 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 be daddy again, and the kids knew when when daddy came home, it meant mommy went home. That's mm. what that's what that meant because um, I wasn't going to come home until she did, and they were there most days. Most days they would come and spend time with her, and and up into her final days, man, she would perk up when they'd come in the room. It was incredible yeah. how she would perk up for them. Um, and, uh, and so it, it's, it, it's a hard thing to go back on and think about, but also just a, a, a precious memory, uh, mm. for me to, to watch the way she, she handled all that. So, you know, March first or March 1st, she, she goes to be with Jesus and I go home to be daddy. And then it's right into, okay, I have three different personalities dealing with grief, three different ways, yeah. uh, on top of my own. Years. How are we going to do this? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how how old then, were the kids again? How old did you say they yeah, were? Yeah, man. So that, that would have been two years ago. So that would have been um, eight, six, and four. Wow. Yeah, or eight, six, and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention, 13 days later, the country shuts down to COVID. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's one thing we hadn't seen coming. And so, uh, but there's, man, there's no, there's no, um, God's timing is so purposeful. God's yeah. timing is so uh, on point that, there, that none of this was an accident, man. Um, I've seen friends, and I know you have too, not be able to be by their person's side because of right. COVID. Right. And I'd have been in jail, bro. Like if you tried mm-hmm. to keep me out of that hospital, um, yep. it would have been it would have gotten ugly. And so to yep. be able to be with my person right. um, for for all those people to be able to come see exactly. Her, um, yeah. And then to be able to be dad and, and, um, and have this time of COVID to just be together, dude, yeah. like the, the four of us, we just had each other and we, we, we rallied around each other and we did life together and, um, nothing else was happening because we were all shut down. Right. And so, yeah. um, I don't think that was an accident from, from, for me and, and my family. Um, right. it was, it was probably, um, a healing time for that yeah. to happen when it did. Yeah.
Hearing these stories of pain, healing, and purpose often stirs up feelings inside all of us that propel us to want to address our own pain. I personally love hearing from faithful followers of Jesus who have gone before me in their healing. It's inspiring, but it's difficult to know where to start in your own healing. As a ministry, we offer so many ways to help you progress on your pain journey, and one of them is through our partnership with Faithful Counseling. We know how hard it can be sometimes to find a Christian counselor that is close to you, which is why Faithful Counseling is online and worldwide, so you can receive virtual counseling wherever you are with licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide traditional mental health counseling from a Christian perspective. In 24 hours or less, you can be matched with a counselor who you connect with at any time from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Whether you want to talk through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging, they work with you however you are most comfortable, including making sure your counselor is a good fit for your needs. If you start with one and they aren't a good match, you can switch at any time. Faithful Counseling is not a crisis line, but it can be an incredible resource in your healing journey. It costs $65 per week and financial aid is available to those who qualify, which you can apply for when you sign up. To learn more, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash nothing is wasted and sign up with that link to receive 10% off your first month of counseling just for being a part of the Nothing is Wasted family. Again, that's faithfulcounseling.com slash nothing is wasted. Now, back to our interview. That's exactly what I thought about when you said March 1st, the the first time you said that. It dawned on me. I mean, I'm like, it was very shortly after that. The entire country shut down. There was major, you know, lockdowns in the hospital where nobody could come and see. This whole throng of people that came in and out and were ministered to would have never been ministered to. Mm -mm. You would have never been by our side. And I think that, you know, there are times we, we, we talk so often about the perspectives that people have as they walk through this stuff. And, and, and it's, it's way more than just like seeing a silver lining or having an optimistic viewpoint of the things that go on in your life. You know, the reality is, is this, in this world, we will have sorrow. Mm. It's going to hurt. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And, and God's not, he doesn't prevent that sorrow from coming. Jesus told us that this sorrow was going to be a part of our humanity. It was going to be part of what our human experience. Yeah. And, and yet what's so amazing about what Jesus does is he buffers us through that. He creates these bufferings like what you've just articulated, you know, that you now had this whole season where the entire country is shutting down and you and your three kids were able to just really pull in together. And there were these providential touches all around surrounding this, this just horrific loss that you could see God in them and his, his hand and his touch and his providence, his sovereignty in it all. And you know, that's a, that's a perspective that I want, and we as an organization, and I know you do as well, but everybody we bring on to the podcast, we, we want for their words and their testimony to bring that perspective to people who are listening to this, mm-hmm. to find God in those moments, you know? That's so good, bro. You know, it, it's, um, <laughs> gosh, that's so good. And that hits, that hits so deep, and it, and it goes back. Things that were happening that needed to happen before Rachel got sick, that didn't make sense at the time. Um, I had a, a business that, that crashed uh, soon before mm. Rachel got sick. And at, this sounds so ridiculous now, but I remember being angry, like, God, why are you doing this to us right now? Why is this, why, I mean, why, we had no money to our name, the business is, has, has crashed. Um, mm. 
and I look back on it now and I think, man, I'm so grateful that that happened. So then I could actually find a job that had good insurance because I didn't wow. know I needed insurance. I didn't know I needed wow. good insurance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't yeah. think about these things till you need them. And right. like God had this season of, of uncertainty for us to then give us some certainty to then be able to go yeah. through this next season. Like people, you don't like to think about money at a time like that, but when, when, when medical bills are stacking up and, yeah. and we didn't have to worry about it because yeah. we had great insurance, because yeah. something had to, had to die for this to resurrect, um, was it, was a beautiful thing. Um, you know, all the things that were happening prior to her getting sick, none of them were an accident, good, bad, yeah. ugly. Um, so, so whatever you're going through today, good, bad, or ugly, there's a reason on the other side, man. Mm. Um, and I, I don't doubt that anymore. I like when, when things are, when things are going bad, I know there's some good on the other side, um, right. because I, I just saw it, man. And it took, mm. it took, you know, this story for me really to realize, like, I'm never going to doubt what's going on. Yeah. Um, because of, of where he led us um, to be able to go through this season together. Um, it wasn't fun going through the, the, the crashing of the business. It wasn't, it wasn't fun waking up and checking my account to see if I had any money in it. It wasn't fun. You know what? None of that was fun, but it, it got us to, to the season we needed to be in to, to have a little bit of safety and a little bit of, um, it just, it just perspective changes, man. When, yeah. um, when all you're trying to do is survive another yeah. day. And, um, and that's what Rachel and I were doing, um, during, during that season. Um, yeah. and I tell you, you don't, you don't argue about finances. You don't argue about parenting. Mm-hmm. You don't argue when all you're trying to do is survive another day. Uh, wow. the stuff that you think matters today sure doesn't. Wow. Wow. What a, what a great perspective that, you know, I, I really wish that all of us could, could really <laughs> infuse that perspective into our relationships, into our marriage, mm-hmm. you know, holding, you know, with, with care, the fragility of that relationship that at any moment, you know, at any moment, one of us could be gone. And I think that would color the way that we interact with each other so much. Yeah. And you've, you've been able to, you, you're, you experience that and now you're able to like share that with other people. And that, I mean, that struck me just now, even as you're saying that, even though I've lost a spouse, there are times now in my new marriage, there are times that you just kind of, as you're going about life, that you kind of start focusing in on the, the, the frivolous things, the stuff that doesn't really matter, mm. things that are trite mm. and, and, and forgetting about the, the things that of essence that really matter, the kingdom mm. things that really do make an eternal difference. And uh, wow, I needed that. I needed that reminder. Brandon, can you tell me why it was so, why was it so important for you to hear, it's okay to be relieved. It's okay to feel relief. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember someone sharing the same thing, a similar thing with me of just um, basically give yourself permission and grace to feel what you're going to feel. You know, that was what, how they shared it with me. And that was helpful for me. But I'm curious as to, as to why that was so important for you to hear that. Yeah, that's good, man. So I, um, I remember, I remember beating myself up a lot, um, for, for, uh, maybe not speaking up enough for not Mm. to doctors, to not, um, not seeking that next expert 
or not mm. going to this next clinic because you know when you're going through this you have things shared with you everywhere you know this yeah. is the answer this is the solution this is the thing yeah. and i remember beating myself up man and um and just being torn up that man would rachel have fought more for me would rachel mm-hmm. have done more for me did i not fight enough did i not search enough did i not mm. give enough um and when when he said that to me it was a it was a realization that this was not about me um i couldn't save her that was not what right. i was sent here to do <laughs> the only person that can do that is him right is jesus and so it gave me this relief of okay um i'm not him yeah. this is not my battle yes we went through this together yes we fought this together yes we did all you know all we could and no matter what else i would have done um this was this was between he and her not me mm-hmm. and her you yeah. know this was this was um you know this was this was part of the plan and um and it just was such a a burden lifted from me that yeah. I did what I could do and it's okay to let her go. It's okay yeah. to um, understand, to, to be able to, to be able to see the peace as I laid there with, laid there with her in the hospital and she took her last breath to be able to see the peace and the understanding that there was no more uncertainty and there mm-hmm. was no more pain and there were no more appointments and there were no more discussions. There was no more, um, there was no more planning. There was, it, it, he, it was a relief that she yeah. beat cancer at 434 yeah. on March 1st, 2020. She was healed and she was in the arms of the only person that could love her more than I can. Um, that's a relief. Yeah. And um, I needed that permission. And so I'm glad someone gave me that permission. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you know, I've um, had the privilege and burden and responsibility to walk with other, you know, widowers who have lost their 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 wife to cancer in a long battle or short battles, whichever one. And, and, and I feel like that's a common thread that I hear is this, did I not fight hard enough? Did I not? Mm. And, and really for a lot of us, you know, these feelings of guilt can really creep, creep in, mm. you know, what if I had changed this particular thing? What if I had done this differently? What if this little, you know, and, and, yeah. and it, I, I think sometimes that the idea of, uh, you, you know, uh, coincidence or, 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 you know, um, kind of the the random string of events, the things that the world propagates, right? That this thing changes this thing, this thing changes this thing, the movies sure. that we see about that. And, you know, like what if this one little thing is altered? And even now, like the, what do they call the, the, the different universes? The, I don't even remember what the term is for it. But it was like Loki, the, the new show yeah. and all of that stuff. It's like, well, what if this had changed just this slight bit? It would be off. And, and it can begin to cause us to believe that we own this story, and that it's ours to change and it's ours to shape and it's ours to, and the reality is we all come to this place where we realize we are not in control. Mm. That God is in control, that he is yeah. sovereign, that all of these things are a part of his providence 
is plan. And we can either buy into this belief that life is a random string of events. And so kind of what's the purpose of that or the belief that we can control our destiny. And that's unnerving because all of us have seen it unravel before, you know, and then we heap on unnecessary guilt and shame, or we can trust in the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. We can walk in this thing that he calls us to and you know, I felt like I experienced a very similar thing, Brandon, in that, um, it, you know, as I was trying to untangle this, these feelings of guilt, it, it led me to this deep place of trust that said, God, I just, mm. I can't carry this anymore. I can't care. Like, I, I just have to trust you and your plan and your providence and all of this. Mm. And there was something so relieving about that, you know? Yeah. It, it was... Um, it was it was powerful, and it's mm. it, and that's what's crazy about the simplicity of following Jesus, isn't it? It's like the whole thing is just learning to trust Him more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Right? It's just learning to trust Him more. Wouldn't it be just? I mean, it seems easy. Yeah, and yet that, that's the most difficult thing for us and our humanity is to trust in Him. Yeah, man, that's that's so true, and I think that the saddest. Um, I don't know if this is saddest is the right word, but one of the hardest things for me is is when we're in the hospital, we're on this floor where where most people are dying, right? Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, Rachel's room was the the one that brought joy, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sad that there weren't other rooms that had joy and hope. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the way the nurses would talk and the way the doctors would, I mean, the doctors would come in there after hours just to spend time with Rachel, just to talk wow. to Rachel, just to understand her story. And, and wow. um, I, I loved that I got to watch it, but I, was, I also felt so sad that this was different, yeah. that it was so different because she had hope, because mm. she um, had him. And it made me sad, man. It made me sad that there were a lot of the rooms that, that weren't feeling that. And wow. that um, don't don't have hope in him, and yeah. um, and that was a hard thing for me, and it still is to this day. To to yes, Rachel was a light, and Rachel was different, um, but I, I just I wish there was more of that going on on that floor, um, yeah. because it just makes me sad. I don't know how people do it without hope and without yeah. him. Um, yeah. I don't know how you go on and continue to do life without that. Um, and, and you and I are, 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 are ones that do have that and do have that hope and know where our people are. Yeah. And, um, it just, it, I, I pray, I, I pray for all those that don't, um, as we all should, but, um, it made it as beautiful as it was. That was a hard thing for me to see that mm-hmm. the rooms next door weren't, didn't have that hope. Wow. Wow. Brandon, to what extent does that gnawing feeling right there to what extent does that propel you forward you know to what extent does that drive you that a lot (laughs) i mean that's um that was that was a just such a hard thing for me to to see um and i'm so grateful to rachel um because look you can you can choose uh when you when when you know that things aren't getting better. You have a choice to make. You can be angry. Yeah. You can, which is, which uh, I don't know that I can blame you. I don't know that I, I, until I'm in that, you know, that situation, I don't know that I can blame you. Um, You know, you can have the why me, 
I'm a, I'm a, a young mom of three um, with three young kids. Like, why? You know, um, never did that come out. Uh, of her mouth and um she chose the she chose the path of i'm going to use this to point people to him wow i'm gonna do everything i can to use this to point people to him and so for me um i better keep doing that for her mm. you know like i i know that um if i can continue to share her story and her impact can continue to do that because again her two fears are, we're okay and that people don't turn from him because of yeah. her her death And um, I would be doing her a huge injustice to not continue to point people towards him uh, Mm -hmm. because of the way she lived, the way she died, and the way her story continues to to impact. Um, You know, one of the things that that happened at the hospital that was that was so difficult was she was on a lot of meds. So her memory was 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 very short term. So she would forget Mm -hmm. what happened the day before. And each morning she would wake up and she'd say, what's the plan today? Because when we got there, there was a plan. There was still radiation. Yeah. There were still things we were doing. Um, but it got to the point where there, there was no plan anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would have to tell her. I would have to say, um, you know what? We're just going to we're going to rest. We're going to rest today. And we're going to we're going to uh, maybe have some visitors. But we're just going to we're just going to be. And she says, so there's no plan. And so each day I'm having to remind her that wow. we're not fighting anymore. Um, and that was a really hard thing, like Groundhog Day for me to do probably for two weeks, um, having to, to have that same conversation each morning. Um, but each time it happened, she had such a peace about her. Um, she would question, okay, so, so we're not doing anything. So there's no plan. Okay. We can do that. We can do that. And so that's what we did. (laughs) And it was just such a, um, she knew, she knew, and, and um, she was okay and was ready for, for whatever was to come next. And um, um, again, just continued to, to minister to everyone that came in that room, and it was a beautiful thing. Mm. Man, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine trying to, you know, or, or, or having to break that news in some ways to, to your wife every single day and... Mm. And yet just how inspiring is it that every single day she's choosing to walk in peace, walk in trust, and wow. Hey friends, happy new year. We have some exciting news for you to kick off the year 2022. This month, we are doing a complete overhaul and relaunch of our community groups platform, and what used to be called our monthly partner program. We know our previous community groups platform and monthly partner program made it difficult for you to find your way around and fully engage with other people. So we've been putting some serious time and energy into enhancing the experience of both of these platforms and combining them into something even better. Now, you'll be able to connect more easily with other people all over the world who are walking through the same valley you are. Plus, we're beefing up the platform with a ton more features. So I want to officially introduce to you the new Nothing Is Wasted online community platform. With this new overhaul, there are now three subscription tiers that you can choose from. Community, Community Plus, and Community Collective. 
Let me explain each one of these. The first tier, community, is absolutely free to join. All you have to do is create a login and immediately you can start connecting with other Nothing Is Wasted listeners from all over the world on this new online groups and forums platform. Now, when I was trying to heal from the loss of my wife, I wanted to connect with others who were either currently going through or who had gone through what I had. Because of the power of social media, it wasn't difficult to find those people, but it was difficult to find people who had the same healing and growth mindset that I had who could help me walk through my valley in a healthy way. We don't want you to have that trouble. We want you to connect with people from all over the world who are going through or who have gone through the same kind of trauma, tragedy, or major life transition that you're experiencing. And most importantly, that they share your heart to go from pain to purpose. So again, that's the first tier community. And this first tier is absolutely free to join on our second tier community. Plus you'll be able to access bonus content, webinars, exclusive courses, live events, meetups, special discounts for nothing is wasted products and services and more. This tier costs the same as our old monthly partner program used to cost. In fact, is even replacing that old monthly partner program. It's $20 a month, but if you prefer to get a couple of months for free, you can subscribe to the annual plan rather than the monthly one. That annual plan only costs $200 per year. Now, finally, our third tier community collective isn't launching until August of 2022, but we are super excited for what we'll be offering here. We'll be collaborating with experts in the field to create practical, robust courses that help you along the pain to purpose path. So stay tuned. Right now, from January 10th to January 31st, we are opening up enrollment for the new community and community plus plans. So now is the time to check it out and get enrolled. Make sure you do it before January 31st because on February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we're holding a three-night live virtual summit to kick off this new platform. This summit is featuring some of Nothing Is Wasted's favorite special guests like Kayla Steckline, Daniel and Brittany Brooker, and more. These guests will be with us live, chatting it up with me and answering your live questions. But this event can only be accessed by joining the community platform. So make sure you join right away. We'll keep you posted on all the special guests we're having at the live virtual summit as we get closer to February 1st. So stay tuned. If you're interested in learning more and enrolling in our new community platform, head over to nothingiswasted.com slash community. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash community. Now, if you were a part of our previous community platform, community groups, you should have already received an email in your inbox or check your junk folder inviting you to join this new platform so you can easily access it through that email. If not, pause this episode right now and head over to nothingiswasted.com slash community to join this new platform. I'm so excited to engage with you there. Brandon, I'd love to, I'd love to, if you feel comfortable with it, I'd love to talk a little bit about your kids or at least how you've helped them through this process. I know that's very complicated, you know, with three mm-hmm. different kids, three different ages, three different personalities. We have so many people who are listening and that's their experience. That's what, that's where they're sitting right now. And they're wondering, grappling with 
okay, how do I interpret grief in my kids right now? How do I help them? How do I, how do I hold them metaphorically and maybe, you know, um, uh, literally? How, how do I just, how do I walk with my kids all the while I'm trying to decipher this whole thing for myself? Um, what, what was that like, especially in the initial stages for you guys? I mean, can you share some, some things about the complexities of that and what maybe you found as, as something to be very helpful? Yeah, man. So um, they're all so different. We all, we all as humans are all so different in the way we handle grief and the way we walk through grief. And there's no cookie cutter. And I am not a psychiatrist and I'm not a therapist and I'm no expert in this topic at all other than someone who's just walking through it Um, and walking through it with three little ones and walking through it with three little ones that walk through it very differently. And every day it's, it's different. Um, And um, Hadley, my oldest is, uh, is in some pretty intense therapy. Um, And, um, and, and, and welcomes that and wants that and desires that. And that's big for her. She, yeah. she loves having that time. Um, she actually wrote me a letter this morning that is sitting on my desk mm. that says, if you don't mind, I'm going to read it real quick. Yeah. And it says, yeah. um, dear daddy, do you think it's hard to not have a mommy during the holidays? I do. And I've been off at school because of that. It's just hard. I don't like talking in person. So I wrote this note but I feel sad and sometimes ignore my friends because they ask what's wrong a lot. But I just wanted to tell you that I love you. And sometimes I'm sad. Love Hadley. So, you know, this comes at you um, this morning as she's heading to school. And so, you know, like it's deep, man. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's man. you, You know what? I don't know, bro. I don't know what it's like not to have a mommy. I know what it's not like, I know what it's like not to have a wife. I still have my mom, you know, I I don't know what it's like. I cannot relate to that, to her. And I'm so grateful that she's willing to share these things with me and that we're able to, this is her, this is her mechanism. It's writing and then we'll talk about it. Right. So I know this is a conversation we're going to have when she gets home. Right. And, and for me just to agree, listen, and I'll tell her, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like, sweetie, to, to not have a mommy, man. I, I, I can't imagine how hard that is for you. And, and I'm so sorry you're having to, to, to endure this, um, you know, and, and it's hard for me not to have a wife. Like, this is not the funnest season, you know, when those things happen. So just agreeing with her and recognizing and acknowledging and being a safe place um, is all I know to do. That's all I know to do. Um, and I'm so grateful she'll she'll come to me with, with these things. And so um, with Hadley, it's a lot of written, a lot of written that turns into verbal. Um, with Cooper, she she is not afraid to talk about anything. And so um, she's very matter of fact. And so um, has not <laughs> wanted to see a therapist. She just tells me, you know, how she's <laughs> in the whole world, right? And so for Cooper, it's been very different. And, um, and she's so um, matter of fact that mommy's in heaven. And I'm happy that mommy's in heaven. Like I miss mommy, but she, mommy's in heaven. So like, where, where? There's no better place, you know. There's no better place. And so, um, I'm not going to argue that. 
you know, she's, she's right about that. And, um, I've, I've asked her if she'd like to go to a therapist or anything like that. She's, she's no, she just wants to talk to daddy and and whoever else wants to talk to her about it. So that's where she is. And Macklin, you know, I thought was a little young when this all went down and I could be totally wrong. People may think that's not right, but, um, he's also been one to be able to talk to me and grandma and papa and Mimi and Bob. And, you know, he's just, he's just talked about it. And, you know, with Macklin, who was who was five when this went down, you know, three years from now, half his life will be without mommy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he had such a short period of time and, and almost his whole time she was sick. So yeah. he spent most of his life laying by mommy. And, and Rachel had some very good days. We would do the amusement parks and we'd do the different fun things. And we, but, you know, a lot of his life was just laying with mommy and just being wow. with mommy. And, and so um, he, he probably doesn't and won't remember a ton of healthy mommy. Um, and, um, and I don't know um, what that means. I don't know what that looks like down the road. Um, but um, open line of communication is, is all I can advise. Like we just, it's not, we don't whisper. There's no secrets. Um, if we want to, we talk about mommy all the time. It's not whispering about mommy. It's talking about mommy and it's mainly, um, joyful and happy. Mm. And do you remember when mommy did this and mommy cooked much better, better Mac and cheese than you do daddy. And you know, like it's not, it's not the elephant in the room because we are at peace because we know where mommy is. And, um, we're grateful that Macklin had five years and Cooper had six years and Hadley had seven years. And I got to have, you know, the 10 years that I had with, um, with Rach. Um, and so, um, I don't know that we're doing it right, bro. Uh, but we're doing it the only way I know how. And, um, and, um, I think Rachel would be, would be proud of where we are and what we're doing and how we're walking through this. And, um, but, I, I go back to the note. I don't know what it's like to not have a mommy on the holidays, man. I don't. Yeah. And um, I'm not, I can't, I can't mommy like mommy mommy. I can't, I can't bake like mommy baked. I can't nurse like mommy nursed. I can't do, uh, I can't brush hair like mommy brushed hair. I can't do those things as hard as I try. Um, I can't fill that void. Um, and um, so, um, it's a it's a day I said from the very beginning it's a daily struggle getting through this but the majority of days are so joyful mm. and so happy and if you're around my kids and and, and and anyone that is like gosh they're just so dang happy <laughs> and and that's a lot of Rachel's doing because um again Rachel told them like she she gets to go to heaven she gets yeah. to be with Jesus like she was she she shared those things with them and um, they have no reason to believe there's anything different. And so they are, they're, you know, team mommy's in heaven and she's happy and she's healed. Yep. And uh, one day, one day we'll be with her again. Wow. Wow. You know, as a single parent, aside from trying to help your kids navigate grief, you know, especially when you feel very, very ill-equipped, you're not an expert in it. You're not a therapist. I'm not a therapist. We're all trying to figure this out and help our kids in each season and stage that they they find themselves in because their grief manifests different in all those different. So, you, you know, aside from that, you've got like the practical side of being a dad of three girls. Uh, I'm sorry, a dad of two girls and a boy, but a dad of three kids. And it's it's just like... Wow. Can you, you know, I'm, I'm a parent of three, right. But I have 
now a wife to help me with that. We're partners in all of this. And we find that it's just crazy, right? I mean, it, we joked about we went from man to man to zone defense, and you're like <laughs> serious zone different defense. I know there's a lot of other people who are in the same boat, and they're wondering, okay, and I, how do you got any practical tips? Anything that you would say? Hey, here's here's what we found. It really helps as you're kind of trying to navigate this season of life. Yeah, man, put the phone down. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I think of all the the times that I thought what mattered most was the webinar or the call or the sales meeting or the this or the mm. that. And guys, I know we got to live and we got to make a living and we got to provide. But um, I don't want to be the dad that's staring at my phone. Um, and so um, I've made a conscious effort at 252 the bus mm-hmm. comes home, uh, I try to put my phone down and look them in the eye and hear about their day and help them with their homework and be wow. present um, in, 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 in their moments because, man, they spend more time with their teachers than they do me. They spend more time yeah. with their classmates than they do me. They spend, you know, And so I have this window. And, um, and I'm not, I, man... I fail at this. So, so mm. this is my goal. This is what I try, but I'm not, right. I have not perfected this man. Right. Um, I'm easily distracted. And so I've just made it clear with my coworkers and my business partners and that from two fifty two to seven thirty, you may not don't rely on me. You yeah. know, if there's something going on, I promise you it's not more important than me reading for 10 minutes yeah. because 10 minutes to them, you know, at, at their age is, is, is an eternity. Right. Um, And so I I would just um, I would just ask you what matters most right now in this moment. um, And rarely is the most important thing getting that email out or 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 or, or making sure you make that final sales call. Um, And again, you have to provide. I never want to say that's not important, but um be really efficient before they get home, I guess would be, would be my, yes, that's uh, it. my, my, my <laughs> that's um, it. um, yeah. So, um, it, it's such a small piece, but man, turn on, do not disturb yeah. for a couple hours or an yeah. hour, try it for an hour and just be, and just watch. Mm-hmm. And you may come back to 37 messages and you may come back, but I also know that at least with my people, I get so much grace because, mm-hmm. um, because I've told them, like, this is just what I'm going to do, guys. This is yeah. what I'm going to do because this is what I got to do. And if you're not a single parent, it's like you said, it's still hard. It was Same hard thing. when Rachel was saying, I'm over Same here saying, thing. Like, I'm thinking you're like describing yeah. my life right now still. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. So this this is for all of us, man. Like, yeah. what is most, and, and honestly, like, you have a spouse then that needs your time and your right. attention and your, right. your, you know, and so like, all of us guys, we just have to, we got to be better at, at, at being present in those moments. And the only way I know how is to just shut my phone off, put it away, yeah. put it on do not disturb because I'm yeah. so easily distracted. And we are, as, we are as a human being. We just are. Right. And so I would challenge you, do it for an hour today. See what happens. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. We've been really trying to be vigilant about this as well. As a family, our, our word for this, the past year, 2021, was presence. 
Mm. So it was like, mm. it was twofold. It was really leaning into the presence of God, but also leaning into just being present with each other. Yeah, man. And, you know, when you, what I found is when you really limit, you put limitations on your time, like just rigid limitations, and you go, you know what? I'm going to work from this time to this time. Yeah. And that's it. And then the rest of the time, I'm going to be present. There's so much, there's so many benefits that come from that, that flow out of that, right? Of course, the relational benefits, right? And the, mm. and just the richness of your relationships. But I also think your productivity, you know, if we're talking to Absolutely. those of us who are listening right now and you're high achievers and you want to be very productive, right? Like I am, like I can sense that you are, Brandon. Like your productivity is, is it's like acutely maximized when you put limitations on your time there. Yeah. You know, I, so same good. thing. I don't get home from dropping the kids off at school until 8.30, start work at 8.30, and then I leave at 2.30 to go pick them up mm-hmm. from school. I have 8.30 to 2.30, four to five days a week. And I calculate that. I'm like, that's at best 30 hours in a week that I'm working. And yet what I've found when I've done that <clears throat> is the richness of my relationships are majorly enhanced and my productivity mm-hmm. is enhanced because I'm focused, Right. Focus on the real so things good. that matter. And I think that that, you know, as I'm sitting here just kind of thinking about the overarching theme of, of even your story and, and, and Rachel's life is just what really matters mm. in eternity. Mm. So good, buddy. So good. What matters, right? Of course our work matters, right? These are, you know, callings and careers and purpose. These are the things that get us out of bed. That matters, right? But it matters to the extent that we're making a difference in people's lives. And that mm-hmm. if, we, if those things replace the things that really matter for eternity, then and there's something we need to, we need to uh, do an inspection on that. That's right, buddy. That's so true, man. Mm. Mm. Man. Brian, is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, I mean, this has been awesome just to sit here and have a conversation with you and get to know you a little bit more. You know what? What, what uh, I guess probably, you know, the last thing I would, I would ask is kind of what, dry, what, what gets you up in the morning? We talk a lot about going from pain to purpose, that oftentimes it's actually walking in purpose that even if you're not completely healed, as I'm watching you do, you're walking in this purpose. And as you're walking in purpose, you're continuing to heal. God brings that healing as you're walking in, in your purpose. What is it that gets you up and, and fuels you and drives you now? What what motivates you when you've been sick the past two days to get on a podcast with me like this and pour out to other people, you know? Man, that's good. Uh, well, my kids get me up in the morning and, and that's, uh, <laughs> they, they, they don't struggle getting me up each morning. Um, man, I, I, um, I, so many things, um, but, but I do, it is important to me to continue to share the story of Rachel and, 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 uh, point people to the kingdom, and mm. um, I do. I do love my work, and I love my people, and I love what I get to do. Um, but I wouldn't call that my purpose. Um, I, um, you know, I, I got asked to write a, a blog not too long ago about um, what it's like to go through the first holiday season without that loved one. Wow. And um, as I'm as I'm writing it. It, it didn't feel right. What felt right was more talking about going through the holiday seasons with your loved one while you have them mm. and understanding that this may be, you, you just don't know. We didn't know four years ago that we were going to get diagnosed with cancer. We just didn't know. Um, you didn't know what you'd walk into um, when you lost your spouse. You, like we just don't know. And so more than, um, writing about what it was like to, to, to go through this first holiday season, I'm thinking, man, appreciate what you have, yeah. uh, love your people well, 
Um, hug them hard, hug them long. Um, tell them you love them, forgive them quicker. Um, just uh, be better to your people this holiday season. Even that annoying aunt that drives you crazy, um, you know, like you just got to, to be better to people. And that's what Rachel taught me is to love all people. Um, because you don't know what that person is struggling with. You don't know what that person's going through. Um, from the barista at Starbucks this morning to the, to the lady in the pickup line at the school to you just don't know what an encouraging word and a smile and a hug can mean to people. And so, um, I just want people this, this season in all seasons to, to, to love their people well. Um, because I, I, I know, it's easy to think, well, what if I had one more day? What if I had one more moment? It would never be enough moments and it never, never be enough days. But um, don't regret the time you have while you have it. Um, and so um, I guess I, I, I wake up knowing I'm not going to take today for granted mm-hmm. because, man, I got today. And yeah. I get to be surrounded by people. I get to be on this podcast. I get to talk to new friends. I get to, um, man, I'm just not going to take that for granted. And for the last few years um, or last couple years, I guess we're going on 19 months or so. I think I've lived the best I could to that, to wake up and say, mm-hmm. I'm going to live today and I'm not going to take it for granted. And I'm going to enjoy the moments, not just the big moments, but the little moments um, all the moments because I have moments. I get to have more moments. And, um, if you're listening to this, you get to have more moments and you get to be with your people and, um, and just be good to them and enjoy the moments, uh, because you have them. Wow. Wow. Brandon, you have a, a remarkable perspective. Um, and, and I'm, I'm so blessed to, you know, I know our listeners are blessed to hear from you. We would love to follow you, love to follow what you're doing. Where can we, where can we just uh, follow along? Are you on Instagram? Where can we get more information about the subscription box services if we're interested in that? Yeah. I mean, what's, what, what, how can we follow you? Yeah, so I, I'm the only Brandon Janus, J-A-N-O-U-S. There is. So if you just, uh, I think my, my mm-hmm. handle's at Brandon Janus on all things. So whether that's uh, Instagram, which is probably the best place, or, or Facebook. Um, I think I have a Twitter. I don't know if there's anything on there. Um, all of my blogs will go on, on Instagram. I, I put them up on Instagram. I write for, for a few different, um, a few different publications, um, but don't have them living anywhere, but on Instagram. So, um, so yeah, um, if you want to come see just the, the, the messy life that we're living and, um, some, some kind of funny stories along the way, that's where, that's where, where you'll find them as I, as I struggle to, to, to make this, make this life look, look okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I just appreciate the time and love getting to know you and, and I love what you're doing. So thank you for, for allowing me this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you, man. It's been an honor to chat with you.
Oh, I appreciated I appreciated Brandon so much. Yeah. I appreciated his vulnerability. I also appreciated that I felt like the two of you became best friends as that <laughs> interview went on. I'm like, oh, this is this is Davy's new bro. So yeah. now there's like Daniel Brooker and Brandon and Davy are like a, like a, a three musketeers. A trio. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it. But I I appreciate it. I mean, I really did appreciate that he he brought to light certain things that need to be focused on in the widowhood journey, like what matters and what needs to be a priority. And, um, you know, that's something that can only come from experience. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's very difficult to even the concept of prioritizing gets upended when you go through grief. Mm, Yeah. Cause you don't really know what's up and what's down. You don't know how to like Mm -mm. put one foot in front of the other. And so you're like, what should I do? What, does really matter. Nothing seems like it matters right now. You know, like yeah, yeah. it all seems pretty senseless and hopeless right now. Mm. And so how do I even begin to put some building blocks together to prioritize the right thing, you know? Yeah. And um, I think that is one of the lies the enemy tries to creep into our hearts is that the way we feel right now is the way we're always going to feel. Wow. There's like a a permanence that Hmm. starts to settle in. And so it can cause us to feel very um, just, I mean, just hopeless, you know, very despondent. Like, oh, this is how it's always going to feel. And um, I think there are some things you can prioritize to help pull yourself up out of that, you know, and to begin partnering with God in those things. But I think initially it's just... And you know this, as you've experienced grief in your own life, initially, it's just remembering to do the basic things, you know, like right. remembering to get out of bed, remembering yes. to, our friend Daniel Brooker says this, you have to consciously remember to breathe, right? Like you It's just, so true. Just remember yep. to take a breath. Yep. Like breathe in, breathe mm-hmm. out. And then remembering to get out of bed, remembering to take a shower, remembering to mm-hmm. get dressed, remembering to, because mm-hmm. by default, you want to just kind of like... Even if you roll out of bed, just be in your PJs all day, not brush yeah. your teeth, you know, just because you don't yeah. care, right? And you're right. I mean, right. I, I didn't shave it's like for not a little even while. Crossing your mind, exactly. Um, yeah, and time can pass for a long time, but there are some mm. like staple things that you can do to almost kind of shock your system up out of that by just getting mm. ready. You know, I remember I we revisited this when it came to COVID when we were all sh- shut down immediately. That's and we're, so true. Wow. And we're all like, why am I feeling like so foggy? Because I'm just walking around in like my PJs all the time, you know? And I remember going, yeah. this is a similar experience as when you initially have this grief experience. If you, you can, you can jumpstart your system by doing certain things, by taking a shower, by putting on clothes, mm. like actually yeah. getting yeah. dressed. By making your bed, you know, I've shared this multiple times. My New Year's resolution the first year after losing Amanda was, I'm just going to make my bed every day, right? Wow, I didn't know that, Davey, but that makes sense. Yep, just those sort of regular rhythms to kind of like get you back into life a little bit. Exactly. And it kind of gives you a reason, uh, a a raison d'etre, as they, you know, in French, a reason Mm -hmm. of being, right? A reason to be alive. And so I think that's like what you have to prioritize right away. And then I would say... You have to immediately, as fast as you can, begin to prioritize time with the Lord. Um, and I say this wow. because that's probably one of the last things you want to do. You know, for a lot of reasons, you might mm. be angry, frustrated, mad at God, but like that, yeah, that's a dogfight to get back to prioritizing time with the Lord. Because if you can get back in that rhythm, then He'll unlock mm. some things for you. Like there's some mm. things that will He'll carry you through a bunch of these grief cycles. But um, yeah. 
initially I would say, man, there, you know, we talked about a lot, like giving yourself a ton of grace and, and, but then like, yeah. try to just get up and build some rhythms back into your day, you know, mm. as much as you don't want to do that. And then you're going to find like six months to a year down the road. Aubrey, I know you've experienced this. You're, you're surprised by the people who are in your life now who right. like showed up for you, who stuck around for mm-hmm. you. It's surprising. You're mm-hmm. like, wow, I didn't yes, it is. realize that that, and that person's become very close. And you're also surprised by the people who have exited your life. That is a very strange reality in grief. Yeah. It really is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you begin to, you have to begin to prioritize, you know, maybe a year down the road or something, begin to go, okay, who are my people? Mm-hmm. Who, who's my tribe? Like who is my mm-hmm. community that I now pull around me to move forward in this next season? Who can go with yeah. me in the next season? And a lot right. of times why people right. exit, the reason people exit is because they can't go with you into that next season. They're used to you and and the person you lost, right? You and your your former spouse, your late spouse. Yeah, that's right, their construct right. of you, and they can't right. move forward into that other construct. Right. So, um, I think those are some things that you know I, I learned of like, okay, how do I? I wish somebody had told me these are the things that are going to mm. happen. This is what you need to focus on. Mm. That's you know? that's really. Um, I mean. Thinking about the fact that we have um, certified coaches mm-hmm. at Nothing Is Wasted, I I didn't intend to actually talk about this, Davey, but I do think you're kind of saying that. Like right now right. is you're saying, here's some steps you took, and you're saying, oh, I wish I had somebody to walk me through right. that. We actually, I mean, we have those people. Yeah. Like that's sort of uh, like I'm having an epiphany Isn't right that crazy? now. That nothing yeah. Is Wasted has provided those people who really, I mean – if you are in a place where you're like, I just need somebody to tell me, like, right. it's time to go make dinner now. Right. It's you need to order some groceries from Instacart or whatever right. right now. We have those folks that can walk with you from that to even some of like you're talking about the deeper walk yeah. with God again and re-entering the world again. And in fact, Davey, you know, with that in mind, I, we're doing some exciting changes mm-hmm. right now on the Nothing Is Wasted platform. Do you mind talking to our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, we're essentially relaunching our community platform. So, you know, even if you're at a place where you can't um, hire, maybe because of time constraint or money constraint or whatever, you can't hire one of our certified coaches to walk with you one-on-one. I highly encourage you to join the new community platform because here you're going to, you're going to find other people who are walking the same journey as you're walking and you guys can begin having conversations collectively as a group. This is going to be, I mean, we're beefing this thing up a lot more in 2022. And so we've got our certified coaches that are going to be engaging with this platform, engaging with this community a lot more. We're going to be putting on some different webinars and different things that you can come and you can consume and you can collaborate around. Uh, we might, we're even going to be offering some group coaching as well. So that might be a awesome. a more palatable experience for you um, in terms of, you know, maybe it's more economical for you. Maybe it's also mm-hmm. something that, you know, it, it's helpful to have other people around you. And so I would just highly encourage you to go and join this new community platform. Nothing is wasted.com slash community. When you join this, um, you will be able to then attend our live virtual summit that's taking place February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, three nights in a row with three very special guests. You're going to have to go to nothingiswasted.com slash community to find out who those guests are and join this platform. And it's, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, I'm so excited about the, the conversation we were having at the end of, of 2021 about how we're beefing this thing up and the certified Mm. coaches getting rallied around this. We have 
now 35 certified coaches. Come on, that's amazing. 35 certified coaches all over the world, not just the country. One of our oh, wow. one of our coaches is in the UK. I mean, praise God. We've that's got, awesome. We've got them all over the world now and it's continuing to grow. People who can walk with you and this community that's walking beside you. There's there's no reason to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. Mm, yep, that's a good word for everybody. You don't have to do this alone. So you can go to nothingiswasted.com slash community. Find out more about all of the resources that we have for you. We also want to mention Sleeping at Last and uh, thank him for providing all of the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. You can download his music wherever it is you get your music. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn and at Obsamp. And Davy, next week. We're joined by your grandparents. <laughs> I'm so this, excited I mean, for you guys so to hear from them. I know. I know. They are unbelievable people. Um, in fact, they were two that I borrowed a lot of faith from at the very, you'll find out next mm. week as you listen to the conversation, but in, 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 in losing Amanda, I mean, they were right there with me in the hospital. I, we Aww. set up headquarters at their house. Come so on. we were all there at their house, you know, and I just, there was a stability there a safety, mm. um, kind of a net of, of the legacy of my grandparents um, and, and how they just really have led us through their own loss that helped set the stage for us as we're walking through our, our the, losing Amanda. And, and so I'm, ex- mm. I'm so excited to have this conversation and for you guys to hear it. It's so, oh, it's so rich. Let's go ahead and take a listen to part of Davey's conversation with his grandparents, Jim and Martha Blackburn. Finally, in um, in late March of uh, 1990, she passed away. Mm. And um, wow, mm. I think it's significant too. For several months, your grandpa took care of Della all night and wow. worked all day. Wow! Uh, and how the Lord helped him, and He said He worked with marvelous people. Wow. That supported him and cared for him in the midst of that. Several months mm. they did that. Wow. God's faithfulness again. Yep. yep. Yeah, she got to the point about late July where she could not uh, ingest any kind of food whatsoever. Mm. So they put her on liquid, a liquid diet that you know, they fed her through, through her veins. And uh, that's the way she was kept alive from... Late July till um, late March mm. of the following year. Wow! And um, well, you know, you do Thanks. what you what you've got to do, and God is amazing how He helps you do things that you never thought you'd ever be able to do. Yeah, yeah. But those, yeah, those were um, tough times. <laughs> 